Town Hall Academy, episode 72. If you're not in a position where you can afford to build that, you know, and, and fund it all by yourself, is talk about it with the group. Say, guys, this is where we're at right now. And this is what I can afford to do. I can afford to send you to the parts warehouse, you know, partly funded training that's, you know, 300 bucks a guy or whatever. I can do that for now. But here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to be able to send us all to this three-day training expo. I'd like to cover the hotel. I'd like to cover all of the expenses. I'd like to pay you for the time that you're not even at the shop. I'd like to do all those things. And in order for that to happen, we need to be at this number. So we need to take the company from where we are right now to this number. And once we hit that, all of that's going to be available and on the table to us. Welcome automotive aftermarketers to a remarkable results radio town hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, welcome to episode 72 of the Town Hall Academy. We're talking technician training strategies and rewards. My panel was on their game, and we did expand the thought process to include the owner's role in the entire learning culture of your business. Now listen from Kevin Eckler, John Bridgewater, Matt Fonslow, and Jude Larson. Hey, Carm Capriato here, thanking Jasper Engines and Transmissions for their support of the Town Hall Academy. You know, a family keeps their vehicle an average of 11 years, and actually it's getting longer. Now, where's the first place to turn when your customer's drivetrain fails? Why, Jasper, of course. A vehicle is a major purchase. Why buy new when you could put your trust in a 100% associate-owned company for quality, remanufactured products? Jasper. Remember, today's podcast has a sister video. If you want to see the webinar in action, you can find it at remarkableresults.biz slash A072. You'll also find extended bios on my guests and links to their previous episodes. And a great feature of the show notes page is the key talking points. Your top bullet points, like the cliff notes, they're already done for you. Hey, so many aftermarket professionals are seeking their professional designation from the Automotive Management Institute, and you can earn elective credits by listening to select podcasts. And find these episodes at remarkableresults.biz slash AMI. Hey, you know, come to find out that many aftermarket professionals that I meet ask me, hey, Carm, what's a podcast? I look at the lack of knowledge about podcasting as an opportunity. In the technology timeline, podcasts are relatively new. So I always explain that podcasts are on-demand talk radio. And that Remarkable Results Radio is focused on the automotive aftermarket. Interesting is usually the reply I get. So I proceed to show my aftermarket colleague how to start listening on their mobile device. I show how easy it is to go to their app store and search for Remarkable Results Radio and click the install button. A few minutes later, I show how to scroll through all the episodes. They found it easy to get to, and they discovered a new value their phone can bring them. The Remarkable Results Radio podcast opens up a wide window on the education front for many who want to stay in the know and on top of the industry. Do you have the Remarkable Results Radio listening app? If not, find it on the App Store. Now listen to technician training, strategies, and rewards. The panel outdid themselves and have created an important episode for you to use as a jumping-off platform to get excited about creating a learning culture in your business. A bonus that creamed to the top was the importance of the owner's role. Listen to their advice. There are over 20 key talking points that will help you improve or set up a comprehensive learning culture in your business. Ideas from incentives, rewards, brag boards, and sharing of knowledge among the team. 
Now listen to Kevin Eckler from Foreign Car Specialists in Poughkeepsie, New York, John Bridgewater from Wright's Automotive Service in San Leandro, California, and also an ASE world-class technician and a technical trainer. Also with us is Matt Fonslow, shop manager and diagnostician at Riverside Automotive, Red Wing, Minnesota, trainer for Pico and ASE subject matter expert, and Jude Larson, Valley Repair in Tonino, Washington, and also director of new business development for the ACT Group. Hey, remember, the key talking points already done for you. See the show notes page. Now get ready to hear what may become a classic Town Hall Academy. So, Matt, you don't own the shop, but man, you are, you're bought in, you're from that whole technician training side. When you think about technician training, Matt, as a receiver of it, as as a tech, do you, do you see the challenge? Because you go to Vision, you talk to so many people, you're, you're very active in the industry. When you talk to techs about this, what, what do they have to say? Obviously, they have to have it, and a lot of them are there uh, 100% of their own accord, that they are not... Um, <laughs> The, the shop hasn't contributed to them getting there or maybe the shop's picking up the cost of the classes, but they're responsible to get there, responsible for their hotel, responsible for their meals, stuff like that. That's what I hear a lot of. Matt, I hear you and I understand, and, and those are great points. Do the do the technicians ever talk to you about the fact that my owner should be getting some training too? Well, I think in, in the, the big picture that um, – and I, I think the other uh, people on the panel are going to speak a lot more to this, that we're kind of talking about creating a culture. And that's something the Remarkable Results podcast series over time has made very, very um, clear that you need to create a certain culture in your shop. And there's different varieties that all contribute to that single culture. But one of them is to create a learning environment or a, a, an environment that rewards training, demands training, constant uh, education. And this is going to be like another um, benefit to an employee of a business. It's not limited to the techs. It's also the advisors, managers. It costs money. Well, there's only one place the money comes from, and that's profit. Therefore, it may, to start this culture, the shop owner manager may find themselves in a situation where they need to educate themselves to make or help the business become profitable enough to offer this benefit to their employees. Well, that that was a mouthful. I mean, what a way to start the uh, the the academy, Kevin. You've got a great culture. Your profits are there, so you're investing. Yeah, I would totally agree with what he said. Uh, as you know from when we had interviewed, I was 21 years without a coach, doing it on my own, running my own business, and it wasn't in the budget for a lot of education. Uh, we went to some of the different things that were occasionally offered, but not very much. And it, you know, after signing up with Cecil and the Institute. Were I partook in a lot of education myself in business classes to make the shop profitable enough that now we can offer a great variety of education for the guys. It's only after learning how to run the business prop, you know, profitably and properly myself that I'm now able to to pay for and provide training for the guys to help us really excel and move forward, both technically and professionally. When you sat down and started to work with Cecil, was 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 a training strategy? Uh, and, and the reinvestment of your profits part of that? Absolutely. Uh, it's not only how to grow the business. It, 
Cecil's strategy isn't just like, okay, you, the owner, are going to make a ton of money on the backs of everybody else, and that's it. Uh, we structured in a, a, a very fair pay plan into it so that the guys are very well compensated for the hard work they do and they're rewarded for training that they do. It's a, it's a total package. It's not one individual wins and everybody else kind of suffers along with a little trickle down. It's, it's everybody, we survive and thrive and move forward as a team. So we really have a, a very much a family culture. I would love you, Kevin, a little later in the show uh, to share um, many of the incentives that you offer to your techs. Absolutely. Be glad to. As they walk through the different, um, uh, if you will, steps or challenges of training that you have. John, uh, you, you're really in, in a unique position for us being a shop owner and a trainer for a national um, uh, parts manufacturer. You, you told me we were on the, John and I, he's on the road, he's traveling between cities, he picks up the phone and we, we just shoot the breeze. <laughs> and I say to John, I said, so, so tell me any new faces in those seats? Oh, a couple here and there. There's always somebody who's, you know, first time attendee, happy to be there, uh, you know, wants the education, but it does seem like for the most part, you're seeing the same faces. So I'd say 70, 80 percent same faces and then a few new ones here and there. That's why we're here. I mean, you know what? Look, at we we can assume that we're not training enough, that the training culture isn't there, that training um, is retention. Uh, Dwayne Myers, the episode that we released just a few days ago with Dwayne talking about the apprenticeship program, very near the end, he says, Carm... Uh, training is a retention tool in our company. I mean, if that's all you thought about, wouldn't that motivate you to make sure that you brought your, you got your tech's education, Jude? Yeah, definitely. It's what everybody's said so far. It's about the culture of the company. You know, I mean, you, you're not going to be able to move forward if you don't have this culture. I mean, how fast does technology in the automotive industry stagnate? You know, is it minutes now is it something's completely different than what it used to be? And if you're not staying on the cutting edge of that, how are you going to stay competitive in the marketplace? I mean, it's, you know, you're just going to float down river with everybody else and become obsolete. I, I think that might actually starting be already starting to happen. I, I think uh, a lot of the older guys think, oh, I already know it all. And I think a lot of the younger guys, uh, I've been to trade school. I'm good here. And, um <laughs> Let, let me stop for a minute. John, that is, you just said something huge. Uh, I just went to trade school. <sighs> I went to, I, I, I wish I was still young enough to know everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the soundbite right there. Uh, yeah. But, but when I have a chance to read and look, uh, Matt, at some of these case studies that I have a chance, listen, guys, you know, I'm not a tech, but I, I, I every once in a while will stop and I'll read a case study. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll go, oh my God, this is so deep. It's so in depth. Let's look at the hours it took. Look, and, and someone shares that. How could a young guy coming out of school, how can an owner not recognize what it really takes to work today and say, you know, this guy didn't write this case study because he stumbled upon it. I mean, he's a learned, educated person and God help it. If he didn't know anything, it would have taken him 10 hours. My comment to that would be a lot of those case studies that we see. They're like the one in maybe a hundred cars, the one in one hundred problems. What we're struggling with is the other ninety-nine. 
that consistently get repaired, diagnosed properly, accurately, uh, efficiently. And that's the struggle. And I think that's where the training really starts to shine is helping everyone consistently nail that other 99, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that people look for those kind of magic bullets and things. Uh, people only really seem to want to document the really spectacular and really fantastic stuff, whereas something may be really commonplace to you, but for somebody that doesn't work with it very often, they don't realize the strategies and the thoughts and the process that go through on it. Uh, quick example, one of my guys was diagnosing a beetle that didn't have a coolant fan working properly and his air conditioning didn't work properly. Uh, compressor wouldn't engage. And you go through the, the quick process and you go, oh, it must be in the module that's bad on it. They go bad all the time. Uh, but my guy is trained enough and intelligent enough to know that the module is going to send a signal out, test the line for the compressor. If the compressor has an open circuit in it, it's only going to pulse it for a second. If it doesn't see a load on that circuit, it's going to shut the rest of that circuit down. It won't enable the compressor. It won't enable the fans. It won't do certain things. And for him, that's just like, well, that's how it is. I know how this circuit works. I understand this theory and operation. He goes through, confirms, needs a compressor, life goes on. But somebody that doesn't work on it every day has no idea that that's exactly what happens. So I think more case studies to point out things that you may be an expert on, but other people may not know. I think that could greatly help our general population so people don't misdiagnose it as something by an expensive component, put it in, and then like crap at something else. Oh, it's two, three, four things that are wrong. This was bad, but it's also that. I think good general knowledge can the be... Parts yeah. Well, yeah. that's the one where the compressor took out the module and that really helps the bottom line. Yes, it did. Yeah, it must be the compressor that was bad that took that down. <laughs> but I think you're right on that. I think more commonplace things to us rather than the superstar things, if they were documented, could really help guys also. Uh, but in my guy's case, good training and understanding the circuit helped him get to that point where he knew what was going on. Yeah, I wanted to uh, pose a question in the group, if I may. Um, I'm wondering if there's maybe one or two people that are going to watch this that are shop owners that are saying that sounds fantastic guys. And someday when I get to that level of success, I'd love to be able to do all that. So what can we throw out there to a person who's not there yet, who isn't in the next 30 days going to reach that, you know, pinnacle of finance, financial success where they can cover all of the technician expenses for training. They can build that culture because it takes money to build that culture, right? It takes, it takes you know, funding from the company. So what can we offer to people like that, that they could do right now to start being able to do something to build that culture that doesn't maybe take money? What suggestions do you guys have? On a smaller investment compared to going some of the larger, more expensive classes, uh, Napa offers a series of six or seven classes in a year that you can break up the training on, uh, that you can bring the wide variety of your guys in the shop to. And it's, I think it's less than a thousand dollars to go to that for the year. Uh, mm -hmm. CTI offers training classes, uh, big events like World Packs Expo that we just went to. It's an expensive event. If you're starting on and your guys are willing to, you know, if you don't have the budget for it, split the expenses with your guys and then reward them as they grow. So it's not just money out of their pocket, but say, I'm willing to invest, but I can only invest this much. If you're willing to invest and match me in this and we can achieve this goal, these are your rewards. So set for not just like, you know, it's kind of a little bit of skin in the game. You put some in, they put some in if that's what you can afford and then promise and follow through on a financial reward to repay them uh, when they've hit that level. That's the first thing that comes to my mind on my part. Yeah. If that's I may, great. please do. Um, 
one uh, one other really good resource and very inexpensive is what associations and affiliations does any shop already have? AS, uh, you know, uh, AC Delco, Bosch, uh, you know, the, the list goes on. There's a bunch of them and many of them have training built into that association. Mm-hmm. So you can give your techs the list or, or your advisors, even the list of all of these classes, dozens, if not hundreds of classes that are free mm-hmm. because you're part of that association, get them involved in that. And that's where I see a big problem too, is the, the apathy on the parts of the participants. They don't want to spend their time investing in themselves. They'd rather you know, go home. And I don't see this in everybody, but I see frequently they want to go home. As soon as the clock stops, they go home. They want to drink a beer, hang out with their family. They're done with the industry for the day. Right. And that's what happens when you don't have that culture inside of your company for people to go off of. Um, What I, what I do and what I recommend people to do, if, if, if you're not in a position where you can afford to build that, you know, and, and fund it all by yourself is talk about it with the group. Say, guys, this is where we're at right now. Uh, and, 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 and this is what I can afford to do. I can afford to send you to the parts warehouse, you know, partly funded training. That's, you know, 300 bucks a guy or whatever. Um, and I can do that for now, but here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to be able to send us all to this three day training expo. I'd like to cover the hotel. I'd like to cover all of the expenses. I'd like to pay you for the time that you're not even at the shop. I'd like to do all those things. And in order for that to happen, we need to be at this number. So we need to take the company from where we are right now to this number. And once we hit that, all of that's going to be available and on the table to us. And that I think can help motivate the team to go, Oh, they're serious about this. Um, and one other quick thing I'll, I'll throw in here and then I'll turn it over to somebody else that Matt touched on, I think uh, first right out of the gate, which was great is if the owner is uh, sending or the manager, or whoever's in charge is, is sending everyone else to training and they're just, you know, staying home and, going home and drinking a beer at night or whatever and not involving any of them. They're not involved in any of that process. That's not the cult. It's not going to build the culture that we're looking for. No. Um, you've had, you have to, everybody on the team has to have the same mentality doing the same work and wanting the, the same things. Um, yeah. You know, I know I have made uh, substantial investments over the years of my own training. I have to, I have to, to be able to stay up on, you know, what I do and be able to help run the company and get it to where it needs to go. A vehicle is more than just transportation. It's what we depend on to move our most precious cargo, our families. As a service professional, you provide routine maintenance for your customer's vehicle, but what do you do if the engine, transmission, or differential fails? Contact Jasper, of course. Jasper provides your customers with a cost-effective alternative to purchasing a different vehicle. Quality, remanufactured products from Jasper Engines and Transmissions carry a nationwide warranty with up to three years, 100,000 miles, parts and labor coverage. Get your customers back on the road fast as Jasper offers immediate availability through two distribution centers and a network of 45 branch locations nationwide. If a new vehicle is not in your customer's budget and the engine or transmission in their car, truck, van, or SUV has given its last performance, a remanufactured drivetrain component from Jasper Engines and Transmissions will provide them with many years of trouble-free driving at a cost many times less than that of a new vehicle. For customer satisfaction, choose Jasper. CEO training, right? 
And, yes. and, and, and Kev, think about, uh, I, I think you have such a unique situation. Uh, you've been in business 20 plus years, but yeah. you, and anyone needs to go and listen to an incredible episode that Kevin and his wife Lisa and I did. Uh, basically just told it all. Hey, listen, we were struggling and here's what we did. And we, we made a very big, strong pivot in our company. You you realized because of, I think, the training culture you have inside of your business had to come from the fact that you seeked your own CEO type training. Yeah. Yeah. You lead by example with that. I mean, if your yeah. guys want to be better, it's likely because you're encouraging them to be better. You raise your kids to be better than you are. Um, you try to educate your kids and you teach and you move forward and you show them the things that you've done in your life. As a shop owner, I'm trying to create a healthy business, a healthy culture for them. I want them to see that I am trying to be the best owner that I can be. I'm trying to make the shop as profitable, as organized, as as comfortable a working environment as it can possibly be. And I want them to better themselves. I want to pay them more. I want to reward them more. They've got a serious investment in their life in doing this, and they should be well compensated for it. So the better that we can be as a shop, the better that we can be as individuals, we can, not finding the right words, but I strongly encourage the guys to be the best that they can be. There's a learning environment, culture that exists in your place. Very much so. Yeah. And one of the things that I think helps as far as training goes is knowing to train in the right areas in the right ways. If you don't take some time type of aptitude test or assessment, you can take a whole ton of classes, but great. You already know that stuff. Doesn't really necessarily make you any better. You train to your strengths to a certain point, but know your weaknesses. If you never address your weaknesses, how are you really growing better? Uh, no, you know, if I don't know where my guys are, if I don't know who to give what job and how things work and okay, you know, Ryan needs more electrical uh, type of foundations. Do we need to teach him more diagnostic strategy? Not just like, hey, this is a scar and this is how it works, but what's the strategy in achieving the end goal? And do you understand how it functions at its base level to know whether it's operating properly or not? How do you know if something's within or without side of parameters? So find out what they're really proficient at and encourage them. Find out what they're really struggling with and bring them along and, and really find every resource you can to strengthen that area. You want to make them feel confident in who they are and see the goals that they can achieve, not just like, boy, you really suck at that. It's like, no, hey, you know, you're kind of struggling with this, but I know you can get it. You can achieve this. You can work through this. And hey, have you thought it in this way? And let's get you some training in that area. Let's, you know, let's find a class that drills with that. Let's get you to it and let's bring you along. Guys, let's drill in a little bit. Um, and, and I know that so many that are listening to the show that follow the podcast religiously um, get this, but we always get new people that join every week and they discover the podcast and they discover the learning uh, stuff that it's that's inside of it. So my question is, you send someone to training and they come back What's the best, best tactic to take advantage of that? Put them into the things they just learned. If they don't start repeating what they've learned, they're not going to retain it. Absolutely. Because teaching is learning. I, I discovered that a long time ago. When you, when you learn, every time I would ever go to a seminar and I'd come back, they said, oh, God. Carm just came back from a seminar. This is going to be brutal for the next two or three days. <laughs> it happened. Yep. Have them share their new knowledge with the rest of the shop. Have them teach everybody what they just learned to keep it fresh and to bring everybody else up. 
Well, an, an interesting experience I've had is that since I've started doing technical classes, I've learned an awful lot technically also that I thought I already knew. Just by using it, it really improved my skill set. Isn't it amazing? Here's a here here's a successful world class ASE. <laughs> I mean, John is John is one of very few people in the entire industry that has is been honored as an ASE world class technician. So here's a guy who who would you have twenty five or thirty ASE certifications and forty nine, but who's forty nine, but who's counting? <laughs> And uh, you should be very proud of that. Congrats. And, and, and here we are with a guy. Who, who else would want to think that he's, he's saying I'm learning something new every day. And once you became an instructor, you realize some of the stuff you didn't know. So why aren't we attending these classes? And I learned from my students all, every day. Every time I do a class, I learn something. Here's my, my thought. Daytime, nighttime recruitment, working with the suppliers. Let's jump, let's jump into this, if you will, tactical how to build, you know, get, get the training going. I don't want to skip over something that was touched upon, though, and that's the employee's contribution to their own education, at least, at least initially, uh, whether it's like Jude's example that maybe the business can't afford to take on the entire um, expense uh, or investment, maybe that's a better word, investment. I think the employees, at least initially, should be involved, whether it's their time, uh, contributing to the travel, or taking care of their meals or something like that, until they demonstrate that they care about being in that classroom. They care about taking something away, taking notes, bringing their book back, finding a shelf somewhere in the shop, or making the, you set aside an area to keep these books and going back and referencing them. And uh, like Kevin mentioned, you know, teaching or conveying what they learned in the classroom to the other techs or other employees in the shop, that then the business starts taking more and more of that investment load off that tech or off that employee. Mm -hmm. That if you have, you know, that suit, I don't even want to use superstar, just that one individual that they want to train, they want to go get educated, they care about it, and then they can take, come back and apply it in their bay and help another employee apply it in their bay or in their area. Yeah. Then that's the guy or that's the, that's the individual, that's the girl that the business shoulders the load of that uh, education investment. You know, they're paying for the flights, paying the hotel, everything, right? Yeah. How many times do you go to class and you look and there's two or three people in the front of the class and there's like 15 or 20 of them huddled up in the back two rows, crammed as far in the back room as they can be? Busy texting. Yeah, what's <laughs> up with that? You're there to learn. Somebody spent a lot of money to put you there. Take the opportunity and learn. My crew last night was just the opposite of that. I was super impressed. Everybody sat in the front rows and they were focused and riveted in what we were doing. Excellent. That's how yes. it should be. Total career professional. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You can see the difference in them, John, can't you? Oh, absolutely. You bet you can. You, you know, the, the ones that want to be there, they're the front row. They talk to you during break. They talk to you after class. They're they're engaged. They're fully engaged and they're grateful that I'm there. Well, I'll, I'll pick on a tech. I'll pick on a tech that he goes to John's class and two weeks later, they have a vehicle in the bay that is the same system, an issue with a system that they went to a class with John on and they're having struggles and they call John up. John gave out, his, gave out his cell phone number. They call him up. Hey, John, you know, I got one of these vehicles in. It's doing this and this. 
what do you think? And John's going, uh, you know what? Uh, turn your book to page 76. Right. <laughs> Click. You know what, though? It actually goes just the opposite. I do give out my email. I don't give out my, give out my phone number, but I do give out my personal email in every class. And I think in all the classes I've done, I've had three people ever contact me. Wow. Yeah. What's that, that really say? I don't know what that, that really is. That is a bummer. Yeah. 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 It, it, it says that um, maybe, maybe the stuff is just, you know, when you take a book home, Matt, like you said, and you put it on a shelf, um, years ago, I used to call that credenza material. And one day you look behind you on the shelf and says, I'm so proud of all those beautiful books. I don't remember a thing. I don't remember a yeah. thing. Or maybe what it actually is. Maybe it's that John is such an excellent instructor that they actually learned everything and they have no need to contact him because they just mastered it from that one uh, class. No need to call uh, John. <laughs> hey, uh, there's a couple of things that I would love to point out here. There's a, we have a great question. Uh, Cecil makes a, a comment and he says, raise your labor rate $2 per hour and invest it all into training now Beautiful. is that just a duh a duh moment it's like it's, it's the bells go off it's the lights that come on. i went just the opposite i sent everybody to vision the whole crew nine of us to vision two years ago paid for the whole thing and then figured out how to afford it later <laughs> jump off and figure out how to use the parachute on the way down pretty much yeah I'm, I'm there with cecil that's how i was able to afford to do the things that we're doing to send the guys with training it's two bucks an hour doesn't seem like an awful lot it's it's kind of like bringing in your lunch every day. You bring your lunch in every day. You look at how much money you saved at the end of the year compared to going to the deli and spending 15 bucks. You raise your labor rate by two bucks an hour. It's incredible if you budget that specifically for education or for betterment in some way, what you can really afford. And that's the key. The key is, is to work with your accountant, your business coach, your bookkeeper, and slice that off every hour. You X yeah. the hours out at the end of the week times two. Boom, and move it into a. You don't have to move the money. You just need to move the budget, and yeah. and move that move that budget over into a holding account, and and tell your team, hey, we're 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 ready to build our training um, investment. An analogy we can all associate with. Your sales tax money is not yours. You collect sales tax on every single ticket. You'd better set it to the side because it's not yours. Because the government's going to want that at the quarter. Do the same thing with training. Take that two bucks and two bucks and two bucks and, and whatever increase you're going to get and set it to the side and that's sacred money that's for that purpose and invest more in it. Thank but you. Think of it as not a little bit extra in your pocket so you can do a little something, but you're reinvesting in your guys. Before I move into what I think is a, is a really important part of, of our conversation today, I, I want to go back and, and talk about that book that comes back, John. You're in your class. You're teaching your people. They, they get a manual. They pay 300 bucks to be here. Heavy, heavy class. I mean, lots of, lots of good learning going on. Do you tell them that if you don't use it, you're going to lose it within two weeks? And it goes back to something we were talking about. Guys, do you, do, do you, send, you send a tech out and he comes back and you say, within two weeks, we're holding lunch roundtables and you're going to kind of, if you will, repeat back to us what the highlights of the class were. You're ensuring that if he teaches, he learns and he owns the material, but he's also going to a little knowledge transfer. Yeah. Is, is that an important tactic? It is important. I try to remind my students of that, but I guess I, I hate to admit I'm not that proactive about making that reminder announcement. Uh, that's okay, but I think that's what we're doing today. We're we're we're, right. we're laying down an audio track and a video track so that people can look at this, take the notes, and say the, we're creating the training strategy inside of our company. Take some of these best pointers that are coming out and live them. 
make a constitution. If you remember from our uh, first text series uh, interview that I talked about how you don't necessarily have to remember every fact that the instructor of that class conveys to you, but just jot down a couple of notes. They don't even have to be details, just a couple notes in the book. And then remember where that information stored. And that's kind of, I think the way our society is being wired nowadays. Like when we're, I think we're all the age that when we're younger, we had a Rolodex of phone numbers in our brains, mm-hmm. right? You didn't look up the phone number every time or you didn't speed dial. You knew the number of all the parts stores or your friends and family. Those are all memorized. Well, we don't necessarily do that anymore, but we know where to get the information. And that's the same thing as, especially from a technician's point of view in the Bay, I got this car, I got this system, you know, I hit a a certain class with so-and-so I'll go find the book, pull the book, flip through it, refresher. Oh, here's a note. Just now I feel now maybe I'm attacking that car. Like Kevin described his technician attacking the vehicle with the AC issue is now I kind of refreshed my memory on theory of operation. And now I have a very accurate diagnosis. That's probably still very efficient. A note on that. Um, when I go to classes, I started out with a really bad habit of writing things on a, on a loose leaf notebook or, you know, if you're in a hotel room or wherever they hand out those little pads, you lose those things everywhere. The teachers always encourage you to take a highlighter, take a pen, write all over your book. Like it's your kid's yearbook. Hey, have a great year. Enjoy the summer. If you don't write in your book, those notes are gone. They mean nothing. You're never going to find them. I mean, writing them down is great for helping to remember, but if it's not with the reference material that you need, what do you refer to? How good are those notes? Write them in the book, big and bold, on the edges where you can find them. Draw all over the thing. Post-it notes. You, you can pop a post-it note on a page, right? Yes. Pop a post-it note up the edge. That way you you have a reference. Hey, here's a note referring to this problem. Let's go look on this page. Get Absolutely. forward to me. Yeah. Really good stuff. Thank you. Question came in, and I know, Kevin, uh, I asked you earlier to want to cover this. I'll read the question. It's from Stacy Diaz. As a shop owner, I encourage my techs to attend training and will pay, but it's getting them to take advantage of them and knowing what training they will be- they will benefit from. I would love ideas on incentives for them. It's right up your alley, Kevin. We, through Cecil's guidance and help, we came up with a, play- with a pay plan um, that helps the guys. Uh, I'd like them to have at least four hours worth of education each month. Uh, I'd love for them to have more. Uh, What we do is in each month that they do at least four hours of education, that's approved education, not just like, Hey, I was on YouTube and I watched some, it's IATN stuff. It's diag.net stuff. It's, you know, different classes and such that help them better themselves. They get a dollar an hour per uh, raise. If they do four hours last month, this month, for every hour they work, and we work on a bonus and incentive plan, so they get four dollars and uh, they get a dollar an hour more for that. So if it's if you work a forty-hour week, you've earned forty dollars more because you get a dollar an hour more. And, and that's only, have, but Kevin, that's only for the next month. Every month, it's a, it, it starts at zero and requalifies. Yeah, you qualify each month. Uh, you put four hours of education in in March. In April, you get a dollar more an hour. You do four hours in April, you get a, a dollar an hour more in May. So. Uh, we also work on an incentive program. So if you bill out 55 or 60 hours, you get paid that dollar on the 60 hours, not the 40 you were in the building, but in the hours that you bill out. So if you're in the building 40 and you have a poor week, you still get paid that dollar an hour. Uh, if you make more, if you bill more hours out, you get paid more. 
if you take the time to get your ASEs, which I pay for, and you have three ASEs, you get another dollar an hour. If you get five ASEs, you get another dollar an hour. Uh, if you've been with me for three years, you get you know, another dollar an hour. If you've been with me five uh, five years, you get $2 an hour. Uh, there's incentives for the guys to invest in the company, invest in the culture, uh, invest in themselves as far as education. Um, between the bonus and incentive plans, the guys can actually increase by $15 an hour more. One of the other things that Kevin has, he has an incentive for comebacks. He also, if yes. if your comebacks are less than 1%, I believe? Yes, correct. Yeah, if your comebacks are less than 1% in the quarter, um, you get a bonus for that as well. So I encourage not only speed in getting things out, but you're rewarded for making sure that your work is accurate. A lot of positive reinforcement for Absolutely. behaviors or yeah, it's a, it's a behavior, and 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 frankly, I think what Kevin is doing here is he's saying we have this training culture, we have a great culture in our company, and you know, and a, a really strong umbrella inside of that whole thing is this this training culture. And oh, by the way, I'm going to reward that behavior. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I like cool toys. I like to have toys. I like to have fun. I like to go places. I like to do things. So do my guys. If they don't have goals and they don't have encouragement and they don't have toys, why come to work if it's not fun? We're at work more than we are home with our families. It's a very family-oriented culture. We take care of each other. We talk to each other. When we have personal problems, we deal with them. When we have issues going on in the shop, uh, we have shop goals. So it's not like, hey, I'm going to get all my hours in and too bad for you because you're hung up on something and we're not going to help you. We all get together and do those things. Uh, we all really work together. Tell me the story about Ryan. Okay, Ryan is, he's my millennial, really cool guy. Uh, I used to call him a kid. He's a man now. He's 22. He's a man. He's not a kid anymore. He came to me, his, his mom made him come in for an interview. He looked at the floor, his shoulders are down, his body posture was horrible. He felt terrible about himself. He'd been to two places prior that destroyed his feeling of self-worth. He went to technical school. Uh, New York has a BOCES program. He left that with all of his ASE certifications. The only kid in his class to get all of the ASE certifications. I guess it's a junior rank. They don't last as long, but he worked his butt off to get all of those. And then he went out into the real world and to a dealership and a quick loop, chewed this kid up, had no faith in him, destroyed him. Like I said, wouldn't look in the eye, looked down at the floor, shoulders down. You know, I see value in him and, and talking to him and, and, and you establish, hey, you know, he cares about what he does and you, you see his value and you encourage him. And in coming in, he had nothing. Uh, I gave him a toolbox for Christmas, which he was super excited about. And he got some tools and he really liked the idea. Um, a short while later, Snap-on had a bit of a promotion going on. I bought him a fairly large lower cabinet, put $5,000 worth of tools in it. And I said, these are my tools for your use. So, if, you know, I'm going to equip you with the things that you need and you use them. Two and a half years, you follow through with these things and you're no longer caring for my tools. These are now your tools. So follow through with the education, go through with the culture, reinvest in stuff, and I will give you these to make you better at what you do. We just recently hired a detail guy. He used to detail private aircraft. Uh, you have your Learjet. Alex is going to take care of it. It's going to look fantastic. Got a great attention to detail. Uh, he wants to be a tech, but he's got, you know, he's a family guy. He's he's married. He has two little people. His, his son is six months. His daughter's two years old. 
he can't afford to reinvest in stuff like that. And uh, two weeks ago, same thing. Snap-on truck came by. Okay, roll a toolbox off. Let's start putting tools in it. And I've got Jay, who's my senior guy, has taken him in. And when he's in between tasks or has different things going on, Jay brings him in and shows him, okay, this is what this car is in for. This is what it's doing. These are how the systems work. This is what we're going to do to correct it. Not just like, hey, these are how you take the six bolts off and put this other part on. It's like, this is how it works and how it goes. And it's really sharpened Jay's game as well as teaching Alex how to do things. Thank you so much for that, Kev. The great ideas. Jude, do you have any kind of performance incentive? Yeah, I have a similar one to what um, he described is uh, any of the, in, anything they do, like if they're going to get um, an ASC certification, I reimburse for past tests at all expenses. Um, I also pay uh, 50 cents additional per hour. Uh, and that's how many hours they bill. So if they, like he was saying, if they do 60 in a week, they get, they get the increase on all 60, but I do 50 per 50 cents per cert. Uh, and a, and a master level gets uh, an extra five bucks an hour. So, um, I, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be heavy. I want it to be, they know that I'm serious. Um, and, and they take it that way when, when it comes down to that kind of money. This is, it's incredible to hear what's going on uh, with this very small microcosm of, of shop owners here. John, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of guys are going to be listening to this and ladies and say, I can't afford that. You can. You can. Make the investment, encourage your guys, and you'll find. First off, get a coach. <laughs> get your own education. Right. Get a coach. And then educate your right. guys, and you'd be amazed at what you can afford. John, you didn't think you could afford to take them to Vision, but you figured out how to do it. I got a credit card with a great big balance. This is round up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll pay 300 bucks a month on the card. Two years later, I'm still paying it down. Okay. So, but it, it's okay. I mean, we, we, it, it started the culture that I want in my shop. Got it. But you know, probably you've made that money back. Just pay it off. Will you just, just, just pay right. it. <laughs> just pay it back. John, you had, you had mentioned to me, listen, I, I let the guys go out and search for, find the training that they want. Is, is that a tactic that's, it's important to get, get, get that, get their buy-in at that level? The buy-in is important, but what I've found is that they don't know what they want. And unless I guide them to the classes, they're not going to ask for it. Uh, recently, I just had, I, I paid for some ASE recertifications. I paid for you know various classes. If I don't initiate the process, it never happens. So, you know, and it's kind of a bummer. I have a requirement that I, I, I'm not strong on enforcing it, but I have a requirement of six hours a month of ongoing training, which is not a lot. If you ask me, uh, you know, also, uh, Kevin, you had mentioned, uh, hire a coach. I didn't want to bring it up in this because this is a technician discussion, not a business owner discussion, mm -hmm. but that's just as important, if not more so. Yeah. Educate yourselves, you know, yes. Better your business so you can better your guys. And lead by example, you get your training, you're showing the guys you're willing to do the work that it takes to be better to raise yeah. this industry. I talk about that in my classes all the time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for putting your life and your dedication into this to raise us as an industry. Yeah, super important. The, the serendipitous moment that came from this episode so far is the owner training. And so all I could think about is the trunk of the tree. If the trunk of the tree is big and solid, ownership, leadership, the branches and the team, no matter service advisor training or technician training, 
um, it, it's it's almost like it, it all it, it all blends together and works together. Owners getting their training so they could learn how to afford it. And but John, you say you're not keeping track of the hours that the guys are attending. So I'd like to ask Jude or Matt or Kevin, what are you doing to keep track of the resume of you know the, the training? You could you could reward it, but is it a spreadsheet? Is it a poster on the wall? What are you doing to be sure that that your guys are being held accountable? A lot of the classes I the, we do Napa classes. We're going to start doing CTI classes, and we all attend. So. If it's a Napa class, I go, the service manager goes, all the guys go. Um, So we're all there. So there's a certain amount of accountability. But also at lunchtime, uh, Jay and Alex and Ryan will get together around his toolbox and they'll they'll watch podcasts on stuff. Jude, you doing anything? Here's the point. Kevin can go and remember he went and in the back of his mind he knows that there are so many hours but shouldn't shouldn't there be a a spreadsheet created and designed by, by tech? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it is you have to, I use, they bring in certificates most often, especially if, of course, it's an ASE cert or whatever, and you can see the date because I only pay that if it's current, of course. Um, I'm not going to pay one for an expired cert. So anytime they take the classes, you can see the, um, you know, they'll, they'll get a certificate or when they come back and I keep that in their file. But also I have them share, you know, like we have lunch meetings every Friday. And I have them share what they've what they've learned and 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 with the group like you're talking about. So that's the two week, you know, a little forcing at least a small piece of the retention to be shared in the group. And um, I mean, it, it's remarkable how often it, it happens and it shows up. I mean, I have, you know, I had a tech who we went to I took everybody to ATE this last year in, in uh, Seattle. One of my techs begrudgingly signed up for a hybrid class. Uh, you know, he, he loves big diesel trucks and all that, you know, real manly stuff. And, and he's, he's but, he, but he took a hybrid class, which, you know, he kind of felt like this is a little bit, you know, whatever. But afterwards, he comes out of that class and immediately and he's, he's like in the hallways like, man, I love hybrids. Those things are awesome. And then, of course, the very next day, I'm not even kidding, on Monday, a hybrid rolls in the door. And he's like, sweet, let me at it, you know. And he just went right to it. And, and, it, and it's helped him tremendously. And he's used it a, a bunch just even, you know, since that class. So, Thank you for that, Jude. But my point is, is that we can say that you're supposed to get four hours. But if you don't track it, frankly, if you don't display it, you know, for everyone to see, you know, everyone's right. uh, in- incremental growth in training, it it does it doesn't become uh, you don't get the training culture that I think you're looking for if you don't measure it correctly. And I, and I you can say it, but you got to measure it. Hey, Carm, you just gave me a great idea. You know, we keep a scoreboard in the in the shop for the guys to see what they had done for productivity. I need to put one in the break room so they can see what they had done for training and offer an incentive at the end of a period, a month, a quarter, a year, whatever. Whoever is ahead gets whatever the bonus is or the, the thing, the day off, whatever it is that I choose to offer. Hey, Al Wright wrote, we also have in our employee handbook that if we pay for training and the tech ends up leaving, they are responsible for paying a portion back to us. Wow. Wow. Well, I good, tried that. Yeah. Well, good for you, Al. I, I would I would I would tend to think that certain state laws may frown on that. But, you know, every state is different. Please. Cons- here's my lawyer thing. Please consult your state's <laughs> <laughs> employment laws. But but thank you for that. Bringing that point up, Al. I don't know where this this hour has gone. We're at 10 to this was very interesting. There's a lot of great, great, if you will, takeaways from here. Our objective was to motivate and push um, the the industry, 
to, to build a training culture and uh, to learn a little bit about how it's done in other places. So thank you all for sharing. I, I would like to go around the room. Any final words to, to reach out? Hopefully we can, we can change some lives of not only owners, we can change the lives of some of our technicians and their commitment to this lifelong training thing that's going on. Jude, I'll start with you. I would say, uh, which I think was kind of the main point of today, it seemed like, was lead by example. Uh, as the owner, get out front there, get your own training going, even if you're not a technical guy, because like, I'm not a technician. Uh, I do more management stuff, but um, I need to be out there leading by example um, as much as possible to get them involved. And actually, I, I had the same uh, thought that John did of putting the the training like on the scoreboard we put all the other credentials and 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 things that everybody's trying to achieve why not put that up there like this is how many hours i've got this and you fill it in as you as you get that stuff and that would definitely heighten their uh their uh focus on it that's the beauty of the podcast i just gave somebody i just gave somebody an idea and i will not charge you john for it that idea not at all (laughs) 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 i'm just full of ideas here today john how about you next oh man where do i start uh i i think it's up to us as shop owners and managers to figure out what motivates our guys it's not always money but figure out what carrot we can dangle in front of them to get the results that we want whether it's money or time off or you know, whatever it may be, a new toy, a tool allowance. I mean, there's lots of things we could do. Um, We need to figure out how to get those that need the training into the seats. And, you know, by whatever incentive, and of course, like Jude said, lead by example, that's important. Um, And this for me is very much a work in progress. Money is, of course, the first thing that comes to my mind, but there's lots of things my guys want that aren't money. So here I am, I'm the owner of the place, and they always say the guy who holds the gold makes the decisions, makes the rules, and so if our rules are four four hours a month, and as the CEO, you're worried about, you know, marketing your business and a lot of other things, you should be, you know, one of your most important jobs is to reach out and working two months ahead for the, you know, training classes that are out there, and, and announce to the team, next Thursday the 22nd, we're all going to blank, blank training, and, and this this is part of your four-hour gig that uh, that we that you'll work on uh thank you for that matthew i got a few thoughts um one is is you know as businesses we're pulling from a talent pool the same talent pool as everybody else other industries and this is what we're up against i got a friend of mine who's in it and this is a few years ago but he was online uh, on a social media complaining about having to go to training in san francisco and lives in minnesota so, you know, he's just kind of venting. And then I go, I ask him, well, how much is this going to cost you? Well, nothing. Well, how are you going to get out there? Oh, the company's flying me out. Where are you going to stay? Oh, the a hotel. They got a hotel room set up for me. I just show up at the airport, get a rental car. The company gave me a credit card to use, covering all my meals. And I'm looking at him like, Really? Last time I did that, I paid for my flight. I paid for my hotel. Luckily, a friend of mine was at the same class, so we split the hotel room. I paid for all my meals, and I didn't get paid to be there. I had to use vacation time. What are you complaining about? It was it was very brutal, you know. And of course, he has nothing to respond with. Of well, hopefully you can write it off. But, but this is the talent 
that we're after. We're after people, maybe not just necessarily like him, but he's being entertained by other industries. And, you know, what are we going to offer as a benefit for him to come work for us versus going working for a company that demands training? You know, you don't have a choice. You are going to this and we're paying for it. And now you're, when you get back, you're going to be expected to apply it. You know, you, you may have just said something interesting. He didn't appreciate it. He maybe appreciated the training, but it, to him, it was just like a pain in the butt. You know, he needed the training. If he was going to do his job, he needed to go. But I don't think he appreciated what the company was doing. Maybe that's more what you're stating. Is uh, Yeah, he didn't appreciate it. Right. It's a $2,000 investment. But it's commonplace. It's expected. Um, the other thing I was thinking about is as businesses, we got to really stop fighting over the shrinking pie of business and auto repair. That we need to work with our competition and make it a healthy competition to expand this pie. You know, and maybe we can't expand the diameter, but maybe we can make it deeper so that each, you know, we just need a smaller slice because the profit's there off the smaller slice or stop devaluing one another. So mm-hmm. go seek out your competition. Healthy competition is great, but help educate them to go get a business coach or get some education on running their businesses more profitably and quit running everybody, you know, they're, you know, shop A, shop B, quit running each other into the ground and devaluing what they do. Sounds like a new round table. <laughs> yeah, it does, Matt. Uh, thank you very much. You're speaking up right up my alley. And by the way, I want to thank everyone. This is a travel day for everybody, except for you, Matt. I think you're home-based <laughs> still. But John, you're in St. Paul, typically in California. Uh, Jude, you're you're out and about. And Spokane. Spokane and, uh, and Kevin, are, are you in hometown or where are you? We're just a little north of Boston right now. Just a little north of Boston at a at a at one of your great meetings. Well, thank you all for coming on, Kevin. I'm going to give you the last word, but you know, I feel so so honored that you guys would have opened up some time in your schedule while you're traveling to be on the show and to and to pay it forward. So thank you for that, Kevin. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, the best thing I can say is see the good in your guys and encourage them. I, I lead by example have a passion, have a fire. One of the things we talk about in the group and one of the guys is ridiculously passionate and it's so contagious. If you're excited about learning and you're excited about the business and you're excited about being better, don't just talk it, be excited about it. Your guys will pick up that passion and as they grow, don't point out the mistakes they made. Take the learning opportunities and and point out how they're excelling and they're learning and they're getting better and empower your guys. I'm wearing a company shirt because my guys thought, wouldn't it be cool if we all had company shirts for training and we all look professional and we all look neat? Great. I'm on it. Let's order some and get them. And when we have training, they come in that day. They go, did you remember your shirt? Do you have your shirt? Are we? They have a sense of pride and they've grown in that. It's not just a financial reward, but you're investing in who they are as people. Invest in your people. See the positive in things. See people's desires and encourage them and help them to grow. Don't just limit with your blinders on. Uh, You can bring out the good in anybody if you really seek to do so and you provide the tools for them to do so. Thank you, Kevin. Even though we had a little Wi-Fi struggle during during the show, uh, it it we we got ninety eight percent of what you had to say. It was all good. Thank you, John uh, Bridgewater, Kevin Eckler, Matt Fonslow, Jude Larson. Appreciate your time, guys. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.